Blog Talk Radio. Talk. Get all these stars coming in. Oh, there's a crazy little shack beyond the track. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Tom Hayes of Blog Talk Radio. I already hear you guys chatting. There's Billy talking. Have we got Rudy? Have you got you on board? Can you hear me? Who's that? Rudy? Uh, Tom? Is that you guys? That's me, buddy. We can hear you. I guess uh, we'll do it. How about me? Okay, who else have we got alone? Is this this, uh, Silver? Yes, Silver Sarge is right here. How you guys hey, Silver, welcome to the show. Um, we have Silver Star, Sergeant, President, CEO of Connecticut Records. Uh, welcome to the show. Say hi to Rudy Garino. Oh, my God. Hey, Rudy, I'm so happy to hear, talk to you. Hello. DJ. E- e- wow. DJ, e- that's, that's a nickname from the past. DJ, e- this is Jay. Who's this? Wow. It's Jay Harvey. Oh, Jay Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be a guy from the past to remember that. Hey, yeah, you know okay. what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give everybody like three minutes to introduce themselves and we'll go around like that. So why don't we start with you, Silver? Uh do your sure. thing, tell us yeah, you know, tell us who you are, go three minutes and then we'll go to Jay and then we'll go right around the table. Okay, that's a bet. Hi, my name is Silver Sergeant. I was first at the Sugar Shack in 1971. That's when I was old enough to get in. <laughs> but and um, and it's it inspired me to be into music more so, you know. So that's you know now now I got a a, a huge company in Connecticut, Sounds of Connecticut, and we're doing fine. It's you know it's really a, a blast. That's right. Now your cousins with Maurice Starr. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've been traveling with him a whole lot. You know, all over the place. You know, I was on the New Kids tours and things of that nature, and you know, helped out a whole lot. You know, my wife and I, both um, Linda Sargent, she was a um, general manager of Maurice's Maurice Enterprises in Boston. You know, so you know, we had a long history. He and I. <laughs> That's great. And now, why don't you talk a little bit about your company and what kind of music you're producing? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the company is um, Sounds of Connecticut, Sock Records, and uh, um, we produce hip hop, R&B, and um, and gospel as well. So we we doing our thing all the way around. We just got one artist now. His name is Breeze Dollars. It's a, my young nephew. He's um up-and-coming star, and um, you'll be hearing a lot from Breeze Dollars, no doubt. That's great. And and uh, one, as you said, why don't you talk a little bit about how it inspired you to get into the music business. And You know, most people get into the music business, and that's it. They aspire to get into it, and then they have to drop out because they don't make it work. But you're making it work, so why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, the same with me. Um, when, I, when I was at the Sugar Shack, um, just hanging around when I was a young kid trying to trying to wishing I could get in and everything. But as you guys know, the um the the shack man, the sugar shack, it had it was like a fashion show. 
that's, you know, <laughs> it was, it was, honestly, it was like, I mean, it was like a fashion show. Over not there. only that, you know, um, it was, you know, I mean, the people were beautiful and dressed well and everything. And not only a fashion show, but it was also a, like a custom car show, really. You know what I mean? All the cars were customized back in the day there with the stone rooftops and all the, and the different things, the designs on all the Coupe de Ville's and, and everything that they was driving at that time. And um, all of that was made me want to be into music because I was just to look at what was going on and, and then finally to get inside and hear what was going on, you know, it, it just inspired me all the way around, you know, because I, um, I saw the OJs there and the, and the Stevie Wonder there and um, the Maddox and just a host of people, Four Tops, Delphonics, you know, just a lot, everybody I looked up to and admired in the music business, even the Staples singers and, and Al Green, you know, I just, and later on in life I was able to meet, for the most part, mostly all of these people. They came backstage to our shows and whatnot, and um, we talked about the Sugar Shack and everything in the old days and whatnot. It was wonderful. Yeah, they. Well, you know, that, I, I I know I'm going over three minutes, but I want to continue with you a little. We'll get to Jay and the, and the rest of the gang in a minute. So, yeah. when did you start to, you know, actually, you know, did you go right into production? Did you work with Maurice for a while? What what happened? Oh yeah, well. Well, see, actually, I was on on tour with um, the Sugar Hill Gang, and then uh, um, uh, Maurice was trying to. He was with uh, um, the Johnson Brothers at the time, and he was trying to get involved with with the um, record industry. My brother was already a, a producer at at at, uh, at the Sugar Hill in New Jersey. At any rate, um, he called. I told him, "Well, just call down there and let them know that you, my cousin," and then. They'll, they'll, they'll give you a meeting. So what he did, he called down and told him he was my cousin and everything. And sure enough, um, Joe Robinson and Sylvia Robinson at the time, they 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 gave him an, um, a meeting to come through and hear him. And, and the rest is really history there. He got a, got a deal and produced um, the Sugar Hill Gangs, a couple of um, records on them and everything. And, um, you know, but then me, myself, uh, um, when he got started with um, productions on with with the new kids and everything, he gave me a call and said, "Cuz, cuz, come! I want you with me on this." So I came from Connecticut back to Boston and hooked, worked in the um, world famous um, House of Hits um, in, in Roxbury or Dorchester, I think it was. And um, that's that's basically how it all came together. Hey, Rudy, how does it make you feel to know that uh, your club? Fifty years later, we're talking, and you start to hear these stories about what you created there, the atmosphere, the, the, the whole thing. And he's absolutely right about the custom cars out in front. I mean, when you walked into the Sugar Show, when you approached it, there was a whole ambience. There was a whole gestalt just from the cars. You go down the little stairway, you get in, and then the fashion show. I mean, it, it was just a happening. It was, that was the expression in the 60s. It was a happening. And so this young guy comes in, he, he hears the music, and then, boom, he launches a career in, in music. How's that make you feel, Rudy? That makes me feel great. Real great. Uh, good luck to you, and uh, say hello to Maurice, because I did two shows for Maurice uh, a while back. Rudy, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I heard those shows that you did with him, too, and they were, they were 
Great. Hey, why don't we move to Jay now? Jay Harvey, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, your your relationship with the Shack, and uh, move on. Well, my name is Jay Harvey. I was born in Brookline, Mass., Boston, Mass., and I met Rudy when I was 15 years old, and I'm 67, so that tells you how long I've known Rudy. And I remember when the Sugar Shack first started, it was a uh, was a white club. They used to play um, Wayne Cochran and Mickey Larry and the Exciters and uh, acts like that. And Rudy was partnered with, uh, I think his name was Peter Fumara. Am I right, Rudy? Wait a minute, let me put Rudy on. I was He was getting a little background. Hey, there you go, Rudy. Go ahead. Correct, Rudy. Correct, Fumara yes, and Rudy Favalisi. Right, right. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the club wasn't doing great with the White Axe back in the, when it first started. And I remember the day when somebody said, I don't think it was me, I don't know if it was Jerry Maffeo or Rudy or Bindle or somebody, said to Rudy, uh, well, why don't you bring in a record act, an act that's you know has a hit record? So Rudy looked at the billboard, and the number one record in the country was Wilson Pickett that had a song called Midnight Hour. And Rudy said, okay, let's bring in Wilson Pickett. Well, his partners went for the idea, so he bought his partners out, and he brought in Wilson Pickett, and there were lines around the block. You couldn't get in. And I was a young comedian uh, starting out. Uh, I've been in show business now over 50 years. And I started as a comic, and Rudy was very, very helpful with me because he was connected with Jerry Vale and a lot of other people. And I got to work the Sugar Shack quite a bit. I worked there with uh, Stevie Wonder. I used to introduce him and and Gladys Knight and the Pips uh, and uh, Ray Charles. I played chess with Ray Charles. He was an interesting. Ray Charles. Yeah, Ray Charles. He, he, He and I were playing chess, and he said to me, uh, wh- wh- why don't we shut the lights off and make this game even? <laughs> <laughs> he was he was very nice, Ray Charles and James Brown. I remember when Rudy played James Brown, opening night was very cold in Boston. Seven degrees. Night, I think it was. And, and opening night, the first show, it was about a half a house. It wasn't packed, and we couldn't figure it out. Second show, same thing. We couldn't figure it out. And uh, then somebody said, well, it's cold. Maybe nobody believes he's there. Well, the word (laughs) spread, and the rest of the week, you couldn't get near the place to see James Brown. He was just terrific, him and Bobby Bird. And and so I have a lot of of very fond memories about the Sugar Shack and my dear friend Rudy Garino. Then later in the 90s, well, since we're talking about the shack, we'll stick with the shack. But Rudy and I did some work in Las Vegas in the 90s. But the Sugar Shack, uh, there was only one. There was another club in Baltimore called the Mark IV, Paul Cohen. And and Rudy and he used to share acts back and forth. But Rudy played everybody. The Stylistics, mm-hmm. the Delphonics, yeah. the, uh, uh, the, the Four Tops, Gladys, Stevie Wonder, uh, Ray Charles. He played, uh, I remember I remember the day that <laughs> I was in the office. Rudy, you probably remember this. When uh, it was Monday, and the acts used to come in on Monday and set up. So we were in the office, and he had an act coming in called The Parliaments. And they had a hit song <laughs> called I, I Want to Testify. 
I want to testify. It was a big hit. So the door opens, and in walks these hippie-looking guys wearing tie-dye sheets and pillowcases and, and, and diapers and all kinds. Of, and Rudy goes, hey, hey, who are you guys? And they said, we're the parliaments. The parliaments. Rudy, Rudy looks at the picture of them in their tuxedos, and then he looks at them in their tie-dye sheets, and, he looks, and he's about to throw something at him, and his friend Chicholo, who passed away, God rest his soul, he grabbed his arms, ah! and George Clinton came in and, and, and sat down with Rudy and, and begged him, please, don't throw us out. We need the job. Please, please. And Rudy said, all right, all right, go ahead, go ahead, play. And the Parliament Funkadelics turned yep. out to be one of Rudy's biggest acts, played there many, many times, and George Clinton to this day still is a very good friend of Rudy's. You remember that, Rudy? That's right. Hey, you know, I'm gonna, I, muted, I muted Jerry. Jerry, what you, Jerry, why don't you say something? We're sitting here in front of the, the North End Golf Association, and I'm looking at the 18th hole, and it looks like a fucking door cover. <laughs> I'm sitting here with the legendary Jerry Maffeo, and he's got a few words to say, because him and Jay were great friends. Listen to Jerry. Here we go. Go ahead, Jerry. Remember, Rudy says to me, got your love on. Throw them out. Throw them out. Dude, look at them. He said, throw them out. We put them in the cave. And we put them in the cave. Wow. Maffeo, I haven't talked to Jerry in years. Paying $2 and going to the cave. And Jay Harvey took me to the hospital with my wife when Nicole was born, and Rudy christened my daughter Nicole. But, uh, Amazing. It, it's, and we were great friends, me and my dear friend Jay Harvey. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We played a lot of golf. I'm on a golf course right now. I'm talking to you sitting on a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> we used to play, didn't you? Yes. And Jerry McPhail I will say that Jerry Maffeo played much better cards than he did golf. Yeah, boy. 
Hey, hey, Silver, do you want to throw yeah. in uh, something something right now about what, what they're talking about? Do you remember any of this well, stuff? Did, everything they're talking about just bring, bringing back great memories, you know, particularly with the um, pinmobiles and everything. I'm telling you, that fashion show was um, unbelievable. All around the corner, you couldn't get a spot if you weren't there early. You could not get a parking spot because all the, all the pinmobiles had them all. Around the entire building, or block, <laughs> it was crazy. That's that's right. Sonny, my friend Sonny Burke, who I'm still very friendly with, who was uh, Smokey Robinson's conductor for about 35 years. At the time, <laughs> he was he was a uh, uh, Butler, um, um, Jerry Butler's piano player, and he was playing. They were playing the Sugar Shack, and he said he said one of the pimps was so impressed with my playing that he walked over and he put a little vial of cocaine on my on my piano. <laughs> he said, I never played a club where I got a oh tip of, that was cocaine. <laughs> God, those were, those were funny things. Hey, but Jerry, you want to add anybody. anything? Hey, Jerry, you want to add anything to that? Well, let me let me tell you something. There's, there's one thing you've got to remember about the Sugar Shack. They came in dressed to kill. Yeah. You know, all the girls, all the guys, they came there, and they never caused problems, and the music was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let me tell you something. Every Monday night, I couldn't wait to go to work. You never know who was going to be there. You know, and it was unbelievable what shows we had. Cool in the gang, I'll never forget. They they had a bullet. They were 51 with a bullet. Rudy bought them. By the time they came in, in July, I think it was, they were number one in the country. That's right. Amazing. Amazing. Because he had bought them, like, when they were 51 with a bullet. And Mm -hmm. some kid from a band, uh, some city band that was named after a city, says, my brother's cool, we're cooling the gang, and they're going to be big. And they got a a, a song with a bullet, a moose and bullet. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah late. Yeah, I, think was, late, I think it was ladies' night. Ladies' night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, you know, this night. brings up this brings up an interesting point. Uh, I want to ask. You know, I was always quite wondering. You guys kept the OJs. All of these acts turned out to be major acts playing in major stadiums with great movie contracts. How did they keep? How did you keep getting them to come back to the Sugar Shack? Did you have a contract with them, or what happened? No, they just liked us. No contract. They loved us. They just loved us. They loved us. So even though, even though they were playing major stadiums and selling out in theaters, they still wanted to come back to the shack. They, well, they were family to us. Well, that also they were family to us. Wow. And so, so it wasn't a question of money. It was a question of passion and love, right? You take Stevie Wonder, he played there four times. I remember the first time he, he played for $7,500, and he did 15 shows. He did two a night and a matinee on Sunday. And then the next time was 10000 then 12 5, then 15 and then Rudy couldn't afford him anymore. I think Rudy's top of, top of the show for you, Rudy, was 25000 I remember right. it was, uh, Ray Charles was twenty five. James Brown was 25. I agree. 
And that was 1960, you know, 1970 money. That was a lot of money. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that was a lot of money yeah. back then. Wow. Yeah, Listen to me. James Brown came in with Bobby Bird. You'll yeah, never Bird. saw a show like that. You'll never see it again. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Take it to the bridge. Bobby, take it yeah. to the bridge. Yeah, take it to the bridge. <laughs> take it to the bridge. Hey, listen, we have another, we have two 310 numbers. Is the other one, is that you, George? Those are Los Angeles. 310 area codes look like Los Angeles calling in. Yeah, that's Okay, that's 310, me. that's 488. Is that you, Chuck? No, that's me, Jay Harvey. That's my number. Oh, okay, that's you. All right, I get it. We got everybody, so we know who. Jay, now, yes. did you play, uh, you you said you were a comedian. Did you continue as a comedian? What happened with the rest of your career? I, I, I stayed as a comedian until 1974. I played every club in Boston, every single club. I played the Surf, the Frolics, Paul's Mall, Monticello. I played everywhere. And then in 1974, I was married to a Japanese girl singer named Midori. And I had been on the Merv Griffin show as a comic in 1970. So we moved out to Los Angeles in 1974 for me to get her on the Griffin show. And I did. I got her on the Griffin show. But Red Fox was on the show. And they ended up having an affair. And we broke up. So I decided to, so, so I decided to stay in... I decided to stay in uh, Los Angeles, and I went to work for John Daniels to help him with the Love Machine. I got him a Tom Jones tour, and I went on tour with Tom Jones for about a year with the show, and then uh, uh, and then I got into the television business. I got very friendly with Gordon Mills, Tom's manager, and he allowed me to uh, um, to do a Tom Jones special for Showtime. And right before that, I worked on the Shannonat TV show. So then I became a TV producer in 1980, and I did Tom Jones, I did Kate Kaplan, I did The Righteous Brothers, I mm. did uh, several TV shows. And then I got into uh, theater, and, uh, and then in Las Vegas, I started producing shows with Rudy. We did a bunch of shows in 90, 91, until about 96, when Sheldon Adelson, another Boston boy, uh, mm. tore down the Sands. We used to do a lot of shows at the Sands. And then I've been doing uh, shows in the TV and theater, and then I did a play called Love Letters with Robert Wagner for nine years, and I'm still working. I'm oh still yeah, I remember stuff. that. And we yeah, you produced that. Lot. Yeah, I produced wow. and directed that. I have a show opening July 14th at the, in Las Vegas. With I'm sure I'll see Rudy at the Tropicana. I'm doing Rich Little at the Tropicana July 14th for six weeks. The Rich Little. He's still. Oh yeah. He's still yeah. alive. Seventy-six years old. He's still still kicking. Still still, soft, still strong. God bless him. God bless him. We're all we're all still kicking. Unbelievable. So now, did uh, talk about Jay Leno a little bit? Were you there when he was doing the DJ? How about Jay Leno? I'll tell you a story about Jay Leno. When I was a comic back in back in uh, the the sixties and well sixty four to seventy four, it was around nineteen seventy. Let me think, about 73, yeah, I think it was 73, there was a local television show in Boston called On Stage. It was produced by a guy named Joe Sayer out of Dorchester. And um, um, I was on it about two or three times. It was hosted by Bobby Vincent, who was a singer that sounded just like Buddy Greco. So anyway, um, I was at the studio one day, and I was talking to Joe, 
and his secretary comes in and says, there's a comedian out here that wants to try to get on the show. He's got a tape. You, you want to listen to the tape? And they say, yeah, let's listen to the tape. So I, uh, Joe and I listened to the tape. It was Jay Leno. Well, Joe hated him, didn't like him at all. said, ah, he's not funny. He's, not, he's no good. So I said, ah, give him a shot. Give him a break. Put him on the show. So I, so I met uh, 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 Jay, and I introduced him to Joe. And, uh, they're, you know, they're, all right, so we put him on the show. So I've known Jay Leno since 1973, I think, 72, 73. I, I helped get him his first TV show. That's wow, and he was a DJ, he was a DJ at the Shack. Not that I remember. No, not Jay. Leno. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, let me put Rudy and uh, Jerry back well, on. That's, like, there you go, Rudy, that's, Jerry. You're back on. Yeah, that's no, something that I never heard of. He was a DJ at the Shack before Jay Hardy was in the at the time, and I used to, he used to I used to buy him hot fudge Sundays because when they did the 50th anniversary. Of not the 50th, the 25th anniversary of uh, uh, the the big what was the name of that program? That that restaurant with the bar. Oh, Cheers. Cheers. He was here and he asked for me and Chijelo and Rudy. He says, "How's Jerry Maffeo and Chijelo and Rudy?" Because I used to buy him hot fudge Sundays. He was broke. So he was a <laughs> DJ way back in the day at the Sugar Shack. At the very beginning, at the very beginning he was a DJ at the Sugar Shack. Oh, I, oh. I don't remember that. That's, that's news oh. to me. See, I learned something yeah, today. What was that, before you, Jay? Jay was around us all the time. Yeah. But he, Jay, Jay didn't work there. Then after him came Jeffrey Bloini. Jeffrey, uh, what was Jeff Jeff Whelan. Jeff Whelan. Jeff Whelan. Jeff Whelan. Then after him, Jeff Whelan took his place. Remember the hippo? And he didn't work for us anymore. Oh, wow. I don't so, you know. had, uh, so you had Jay Leno, then Jeff Whelan. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, Amazing. Oh. Wow. Well, hey, uh, Jay, uh, I got a question for you. Of all the places that you worked, you know, and, and obviously the Sugar Shack at, at the beginning, was was it, did you ever experience another club or any place that had that kind of atmosphere? Oh no, there was, Sugar Shack was completely unique, and I had been to a, several black clubs. I'd been to the Mark IV in Baltimore. I'd been to the Twenty Grand in Detroit, but the Sugar Shack was very very unique because you see in Boston at the time there was only one real black club, which was Estelle's, but that was in the black neighborhood. So white people they you know they got a little nervous about going there. So when Rudy started bringing in these R&B acts, these great acts, white, white people wanted to see him and the black people wanted to see him. So it was totally integrated. There were never any fights. There was never any problems. It was, it was just, it was just a, a, an incredible, it was a real family. You know, Rudy had his brother sticker at the door collecting the money. Jerry used to run the place. Carla was one of the bartenders. It was all a family, you know, and, yeah. and it was just, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story. I don't know, if Jerry, if you remember this story. I, I, I got married three times in nine years. My second wife was a Playboy bunny, and we broke up, and she left me for another guy. And, <laughs> the, and, and, I, and Gabe Kaplan, who was an old friend of mine, he was playing the, the Playboy Club, so he invites me to the Playboy Club. So I walk into the Playboy Club, and the guy that she left me for, he was there, and he saw me. And so he shows me that he's got a gun, and he's going to wait for me outside. So I call the Sugar Shack. 
I called. I said, hey, there's a guy here with a gun. He's waiting for me outside. They said, we'll be right there. So a bunch of the guys leave the Sugar Shack, and they start running down the street to the uh, Playboy Club. Well, the policeman in the Sugar Shack was a guy named Ronnie Rome, who was a big, fat guy, you know, but he was a cop. He was a tactical police. He was a real tough guy. So the, the younger guys, I think Jerry was one of them, you know, they, they go running. About four or five, six guys pour out of the Sugar Shack. They're running for the Playboy Club. And Ronnie Rome's running, too, but he's so fat that he's running behind them. <laughs> so, so a cop car drives by. A cop car drives by, goes up Boston Street, and they see these guys running, and he sees Ronnie Rome chasing them. <laughs> so they go, what the hell's going on? So by the time they get to down to uh, down to uh, the Playboy Club in, in Park Square, there's a bunch of the shooters. Well, which one is it? I go, it's this guy. And Ronnie Rome takes out his gun, and he says, get against the wall. And the guy starts to talk his way out of it, and Ronnie Rome says, get against the wall, or I'll shoot you. Uh, and the cop said, oh, I thought you were chasing these guys. Was, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. When I think of the shooting set, it brings back such memories. Okay, but there was I just no put Rudy, Rudy and Jerry, I just put your heart again. Do you remember that incident? Oh, yeah, what? yeah. Do you remember that? Which one? Uh, when he was chasing uh, down the, uh, the Playboy Club? We, every time anybody got in trouble, we went. We went. went to the restaurant. Oh, yeah, we all went. went. Yeah, that's solidarity. One time, we went yes, to the right. restaurant. And my brother and my my brother and his best friend hit our friend, um, Wallace Brian Wallace and Lucifer's with a oh, microphone yeah. in the head. And, and I paid a hundred dollars to have the stitches in his head. Oh gee. We went to save money for Brian Wallace and it's my own brother. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I remember one time Rudy left his watch. He had this Patek Philippe watch, and he left it in the bathroom. I'll never forget that watch. Right, and and some guy found it and sold it back to Rudy. (laughs) (laughs) You remember that, E.J.? And you ended up with him. That's right. I ended up with the watch. Guy Livingston, I ended up buying it from him. I sold it in L.A. years ago for $3,000. No. I paid a hundred and a quarter. Oh, <laughs> Amazing. Tom, I Beautiful. Tom, can hey, you hear me? Yeah, we what? can hear you. Go ahead. I got a story for you. Yesterday, I'm playing slot machines in Arizona Charlie's. That's in Las Vegas. The poker, uh, in the poker room, there's a gentleman in there, and uh, I don't know how my name came about. Oh, he, he told that he was talking with the dealer that he says he was from Boston. So the dealer says, well, you must know Rudy Garino. Rudy Garino. He says, where is he? He says, of course I know him. He used to own the Sugar Shack. He says, you really know him? He says, yeah. He says, come on, I'll take him to you. So he takes this old guy over. And he was part of, uh, we used to have a lounge in between the, the cave and the sugar shack. We used to own the cave and the sugar shack. And in between was a little lounge that I rented to the advertisement people in the Boston area. They had, they had their own little lounge there. He was one of the advertising guys. 
and we brought wow. back so many memories and everything and all that. And uh, uh, it was so funny that I ran into a guy, and I was telling him that, uh, you know, after 50 years, the Sugar Shack is starting to get a buzz. We got a podcast going with this guy, Tom Hayes in Boston. That's wonderful. His name is Dan Morris. Morris. So uh, I told him, keep in touch. If you're in the area, I'm always at the Charlie's every now and then there. So that was interesting. Hey, Jerry, Jerry, you want to add anything to that? Everywhere I go, no matter where, what, one time, Rudy says to me, you're going to come to Florida. Uh, Teddy Pendergrass is going to open with the fellows. He had a group of girls or something called the fellows. Well, I go down there, and Teddy, I walk him on the stage, and I walk him to his room. He likes me to be like his bodyguard. He likes me around. He takes me on a Sunday to Dalton, a diplomat hotel for brunch, Sunday brunch. He's going to meet his cousin. We go to the lunch. We're gonna have we're having brunch by the pool, and introduce me to this guy. Who do you think it was? Remember the the, the thing about the uh, it was chicken on that thing. What was the name of that program? He was chicken uh, on that program about other black people in the uh, uh, oh, when they were um, the, the comic was it? Um... He was he was in that. Thing about the black people doing the doing when they you know doing the, the cotton date times. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Uh, what was blaming All that right. Anyway, movie? so go <laughs> ahead. So go ahead. I find out they their first cousins, and he's the chicken man from that big bitch that was on TV. It was from a, it was a movie thing. Oh, it was a TV oh, series. Yeah. TV series. Big What's TV it? series. It was, it, it I was, don't uh, remember it. Chick, chicken foot or something like that. Chicken foot. <laughs> you talk about foot last week, this week, left foot, right foot, chicken feet, foot. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what happened? So what happened with Teddy and this guy? So I couldn't believe it, that they were first cousins. And there's a guy that was on TV for years. He's still a big black guy. He's a, he, uh, on the, well, they don't see him anymore. In the, in the 90s, he was still big. Well, well, Lugosset, 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 Jr. Um, no. You oh, know interesting. The, the story was on well, TV. Well, you know, listen, I, 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 you know, there's so much uh, what we call serendipity around this thing. It is amazing that at the 50th anniversary, all of this stuff has happened. I got Chuck Harder called me or uh, texted me, called me and texted me about a song that's only been out for a couple of years, and we all know that Billy's working on his play, Back to the Sugar Shack. I want to play this song. This is going to blow your mind when you hear this song. And I heard it for the first time last night. Here we go. Hang on, it's going to play. Sometimes you meet somebody. Sometimes you don't know what to do. But you gotta go back to the shack. Has anybody seen my lady? She stood about five foot five. She had a sad little walking. The baddest thing alive. 
name of the back to the name of the program was Roots. Roots. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, great. And his first cousin was the star, Alex. Alex Hayman. Alex, Alex Hayman. No, Alex Haley. Alex Haley. Alex Haley. That's it. Amazing. Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah. Teddy It was first cousins with him. Amazing. Yeah. They were first cousins. Okay. Hey, Silver. You just heard that song. Um, what'd you think of that? I remember that song being played on WILD in Boston. A while. Is, Is that, that right? right? Right. That's right. That was the black station in Boston at the time. That's right. AM, AM 1090, WILD. Yep. That That's right. The guy that was the big DJ there. Good guy. Ooh. I saw him at Mickey Villano's house, the kid that owns all the Vegas places, 4th of July. The DJ from WILD, what was his name? Um, JoJo White. JoJo White. JoJo White, that's it. That's, that's right. He, he later became the program director for KISS FM. Ah, uh, and... You know, hey, listen, guys, I have to go. Here you go. Okay, okay Jay, thank you so much for Thank you so much, Rudy. I'll call you when I get into Vegas. Jerry, great to hear your voice. I love okay. you guys. You mean a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. Thanks, guys. Rudy was the first Jay. guy to buy $100 from Kiss 108. Mm. Wow. Bought an ad, bought $100 a month. Really? Kiss 108. First, yeah? Yeah. I was the one that forced Rudy to buy it. Brian Wallace bought the kid that owned it. I forgot his name. I'll remember half the figures. But Rudy bought the first $100 from Kiss 108. Amazing. This kid was up over. Well, you know, when I listen to that song, I mean, one of the things that that song does is that sound, when those horns came in, that is what you heard every single week, no matter what band was there, that beautiful harmony with those yeah. horns. I mean, I mean, just would oh, resonate. Oh, you, all, you would always have great music there. And the best thing about the Sugar Shack that's different from every, everywhere else, it was intimate and up close. That's, the, that's yep. what the quality was, you know? It wasn't like the, it is today with the big old stadiums and everything, and you're up way up in the back and in the blood nose section. No, this was intimate and up close. I love it. Well, and I think uh, Jerry said it last week. What, 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 how many feet, Rudy? How many feet to the sta- any seats to the stage? Uh, the seats around the stage. Yeah, well, we try to surround the stage. With the audience, so the audience would be up close with the artist there. Hey, oh, yeah. What's his name, Silver? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah Silver. Yes, sir. It's a shame that nobody ever thought of trying to film those shows because oh, yeah. we did a terrible injustice by not filming them. That's true. That's oh, true. I know. He did a show that was unbelievable. Dressed, all dressed in mm-hmm. nice suits and uh, ties oh, and, uh, and the choreography and the music yeah. and everything. They were outstanding. You yeah, know something? Jerry, looked at me when the first song went on, he looked at me and he'd go thumbs up with his uh, <laughs> behind the bar. He used to, used to put his hands up with his thumb up. It's okay. They're going to make it, you know. 
and all the yeah. shows. Come on. They yep. just... Jerry, jump in on that. You know, you know what else? Let me tell you something. Tony Curtis came there. Uh, Buddy Greco, Jerry Vale, uh, the guy from TV uh, we mentioned, came in with Tony Canigliaro, the baseball player. Merv Griffin. Merv Griffin came there. Yep. I mean, we had big stars. Uh, Carradine, David, David Carradine, Carradine, yeah. David Carradine came in. Uh, you know what? Uh, Chris Christopherson, he was married to Ricky Coolidge at the time. Wow. He, he was vacationing, I think he was honeymooning on the Cape Cod. He used to come to the Sugar Shack all the week. Wow. It was unbelievable. Wow. A lot of big, big stars came to our place. A lot of big stars. You know, hey, Silver. Hey, Silver, of of all the acts you saw there, one of the. We always. Talk, well, last week we talked about one group. They were all outstanding, and you couldn't say one was better than the other, and one was better than the other, and then you'd get better and better. But what one group stood out in your mind over all the other groups? The Whispers, no doubt. Whispers. The Whispers? Really? Yeah, that's right. Yes, Whispers. Why, and, why the Whispers? The, well, I just, the, the twin brothers and whatnot, they, 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 that's when I met them. That's when I met them. And also OJs, but one group was the Whispers. The OJs. Interesting. The Four Tops. The Delphonics. The were unbelievable. Yeah. They were. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, the four tops, you couldn't beat them. Yeah. The harmony was unbelievable. The harmony. There we go, Tom. Harmony. That's, that's our word. That's real, right. Real music. Hey, real uh, classic uh, music. I got I to say something. Those groups were so good. They're still working today. 50 yeah. years later. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. It just shows you the staying power, doesn't it? We're, ta- we're talking 50 years ago. 50 years ago, and we're still talking about this club today. It's, and it's still phenomenal. working. Let's listen to the movie. The Brothers. Right. You hear me? Hey, uh, yeah, hey, I got everybody on mute except uh, Silver because there was a little mu- too much noise. Silver, we last week yes. we talked about the, the Dells. Did you ever see the Dells oh. there? Yes, I did. I seen most of Remember, we were talking about when they did Stay in My Corner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And remember, they used note. to hold that, that, that the note? Time I heard. He held that. Stay! <laughs> long, long, much longer than that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it blew my mind. It was wonderful. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, it had all the best actors, Sugar Shack, no doubt about it. And and look, you're right. When somebody was that do girl? She had a, We can get anybody to play those songs. She had the best song ever. Natalie Cole. Uh, Five or well, uh, Rudy, you know. remember Natalie Cole? She was still in college when you. Oh were yeah, the, you gave her her first Remember that? Right. Yeah. She was still in college, and I think you yeah. paid. Uh, I think it was twenty five hundred dollars for the week. Right, you know, right, right. She remembered right. me. At a, at a kiss party, I went there, and uh, she saw me. She got right up and ran over and kissed me. I was Rudy Garino. I was Rudy Garino. I said, terrific. <laughs> That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. She's still a big star. And I went and see it on the waterfront in, in concert. She was fabulous. 
Fabulous. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, uh, well guys, listen, guys, guys, this has been this has been a fantastic. They shows get better and better, tighter and tighter. Uh, I love the yes, story about week. you guys running down Boylston Street with the cop chasing you. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's cool. <laughs> uh, listen, we're gonna we're gonna continue to do this every week. Anybody want to say anything before I sign off? Good luck, Silver, thank you so much for joining us. You added so much to the show. Good luck with your company. Will you come back some other time? I certainly will. I certainly will. You know, and Silver, what we'd like you to do, would you, how about getting one of the young artists to call in with you who tells us who influenced him, whether it was Teddy or... Or, or one of the groups, Curtis, or something, and and uh, you know they can we can talk to some modern day artists and see Absolutely. you know how this whole era uh, influenced them. I certainly will. You know, me and Maurice to get together and call back, definitely. Yeah, and and also hey. we'd love to have hear Maurice on the show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, get to Maurice. I I certainly will do that. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Hey, hey Jerry, anything anything you want to say? No, not much more to say, really. All right. But Did you have a good time today, Jerry? I had a great time today. Great. I had a great time. Right, Unbelievable. Hey, Rudy, thank you again. Uh, I'm going to sign off with that great song. Love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Have a happy right, day. Take care. Good care. Happy Fourth of July. Guys. Sometimes you meet somebody Just blows your mind Yeah Sometimes you don't know